Welcome to the Faith Today podcast, conversations inspired by Canada's Christian magazine. My name is Karen Stiller. Alana Reimer and Katie Pizzotto are the creative forces behind Love is Moving magazine. They do the editing, they do the envisioning, they nurture the writers. And uh, it was my pleasure, along with my co-editor of Faith Today, Bill Fladeris, to have a conversation with these emerging writers and editors in Canada to discuss their writing and reading life and their vision for the magazine. We hope you enjoy this conversation. So Alana and Katie, we're so glad you're here. And we'd like to start by having you tell us just about your life as a writer and editor. So Alana, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, so I'm a freelance writer and editor. And so I work with Love's Moving and I edit all of the content for the writers. And I often like pitch articles to different magazines and often like personal essays and that kind of thing is what I'm, I'm interested in, in writing when reflecting on theology topics, things like that. Um, and I also have a blog where I write about kind of tough Christian um, topics going through the Bible, like topics like the flood or violence in the Old Testament, how women are treated, that kind of thing. And I'm also right now working on a fiction piece that kind of came out of the blue. So I'm writing, it's kind of dealing with temptation and deception, kind of exploring a fairy tale version of the Eve story. Wow, that sounds great. And I can personally attest to the fact that Alana is an incredible editor. I just finished a novella and Alana went through and she edited the whole thing for me. And it was nothing like, I don't know. She just, she just made it really. And I'm not just saying that, like if you don't have a good editor, your novel's not going to be good. (laughs) So as for my writing, I write devotionals for Love is Moving. And I, I used to pitch a lot more to other magazines to write for them, but I haven't been doing that as much just because I've been focusing on my career as an author, like a novelist. Tell us about your novel, Katie. I've been seeing it on social media. And now I know now we know that they've both been involved, which is super cool. So cool. And then Alana will be hopefully involved in future projects. And I hope in some small way I can be involved in hers too. Your novels are going to be awesome. Yeah, so the book, it kind of came from, it's going to get a little bit dark here for a second, but I didn't really grow up with a dad in my life. He left when I was about 12, and my mom got sick around that time. So it was a really, really hard time for me. But the really great thing about that was I was able to pursue Father God in a way that I never had before, right? Like I really needed him. So the book came out of that cry of my heart for a father. And it highlights the journey that I took in finding my heavenly father and understanding who he is a little bit more. So, and there are flesh eating mermaids in it. So that's cool. (laughs) Just just to, you know, round it out a little bit. Just to spice (laughs) things up. (laughs) Yeah. So how do you guys, how do you see the blend or the difference between fiction and nonfiction then? Obviously, the things that you're doing for Love is Moving is nonfiction, but you both have these fiction projects that you're working on. Is that like a different part of your brain or is it just the same? For me, it feels like the same because I always care about writing things that are exploring something deeper that's true, regardless of what format you use to portray that. And I'm honestly, it's, it's new for me to be coming back to fiction because I've kind of after taking journalism, I moved a lot into nonfiction and really discovered a 
love for it and just like exploring what other people are passionate about. And then I think I question like the value of, of fiction as, as a way of expressing truth because it's a lot clearer, let's say, with nonfiction. Actually, over the past few months of being inside a lot more and having a lot more time to reflect, I think I've been realizing how conversations can be so polarizing and sometimes like a softer, more nuanced approach that's less like in your face can be very, very powerful. And so, yeah, I don't know. They, they kind of become the same for me because they're often exploring something very true. And that's what I found so interesting about Katie's book, because it's, it's about mermaids and you're underwater and it's very not our normal life. And yet it is exploring very, very real things about identity and what it means to believe in God and relationships with family and those kinds of things, which is just fascinating that God allows us to explore that in so many different ways. Seriously, it's such an honor to be able to do that. I would say very similar to Alana. Like I would probably ditto everything that she just said. Can I do that? Can I just ditto? What a <laughs> Dittoing is allowed. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I ditto that. Well, you know what I'm, Bill, I don't know if this is striking you, but as I listen to Alana and Katie, I'm struck by courage actually and a kind of fearlessness that I'm actually not sure I would have had uh you know 20 years ago I don't know I I feel like you're you know Alana with your blog like tackling the hardest parts of the bible a lot of people just really try to avoid the hardest parts of the bible but you're like diving straight in and then Katie doing your novel with these vicious mermaids <laughs> <laughs> I would love for you both just to talk about courage in writing and witness and how that plays a part in your life. Do you see yourselves as brave or are you just trying really hard? Yeah, I've struggled with social anxiety and anxiety for a majority of my life. Before going to school in middle school, I would, sorry, I, I would end up throwing up before school mm. pretty much every single day because I was so anxious to get things perfect. And that's something God's really been working on in my heart. Um, writing the novella has really helped me out with that. I remember when I first got my uh, my first batch of edits from Elena, and I was sweating a little bit because I was like, oh, no, she probably hates it. It's probably garbage. So I was really scared. But then stepping over to that threshold and realizing that Elena was there to help me, and she was there because she believed in my work, was huge. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just taking a step into something that terrifies you shows you that it's not that scary. It's not that bad. I think it also is about honesty and transparency a little bit, right? Like if you, part of the journey is knowing yourself or learning, you know, the things that God's teaching you. And then sometimes those things are embarrassing, but sometimes if you have an awareness of the team or that other people can benefit, then it's not so much about courage, right? Yep. That's so good. When you see the results it has too, you know that God has put a certain message on your heart and it needs to be shared. Yeah. I'm, I'm even thinking with some of the material you've published in Love is Moving, people have talked about struggling with pornography very personally and how their strategies to overcome that, or people have done things earlier in their life that they knew were totally in the opposite direction from what God was calling them to do. But you're actually publishing that, that they're being openly publicly vulnerable about that as a way of helping other people. So I think courage of the two of you, but also courage of your broader writing community too, right? That you, that you seem to be seeing a need for that. Yeah, because people can smell crap from a mile away. 
That's true. Right? And they want to they want to read something that's real. I'm struck by your relationship too, as you're both working with the Love is Moving writers, but you're also working with each other. And like Bill and I have worked together on Faith Today for years now and other EFC projects. And I think we've developed a really good professional friendship and we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And we also, I think, I think we're pretty honest with each other, right, Bill? Yeah, we can we can disagree and <laughs> nobody goes away mad. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that's right. We just we just talk it through. And and again, it's partly about the audience, right? We're serving our goal as magazine staff and communicators more generally is we're wanting to serve the audience the best we can. So even when we see things differently, we say this is going to serve the audience better if we change this headline because, you know, people aren't going to get it or whatever. And Karen will say, no, no, I think the audience will, will like it best this way. And then we, so we just got to try to figure out the best we can, what's going to serve the audience the best. So it's not ultimately about what my opinion is or what Karen's opinion is. It's about what we think is going to serve the audience the best. And you can tell we just had that conversation yesterday. <laughs> we did. <laughs> did you? Yeah, yeah abso- wow. absolutely. We so were trying to figure out, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was, yeah, we were trying to exactly figure out the best headline for our shared editorial, which we also write together. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of us takes the lead on it usually and then sends it to the other and the other person finishes it. And we bat and bat, bat it back and forth a few times. So, I mean, it's really great to have a writing partner, uh, for lack of a better word, maybe, but maybe that is the best word. And that's also what you two provide to the writers you work with for Love is Moving. So I'd love to explore the idea of mentoring a little bit, because you're probably doing that with your writers. I'm sure you see yourselves all as peers, and that is completely appropriate. But you're probably also serving the role as mentors a little bit as you're helping writers get better and as you receive that kind of help. So maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I find it's very delicate, I guess would be a word to use, because often people are being vulnerable and they are being personal. Like, as you mentioned before, Bill, sometimes the stories are, like, we had one in the the past issue, and someone was talking about their relationship with their father, and it was really, really tough. And so you do have to be very gentle, and you do have to realize you're, you're talking about a person and their story at the same time, but then also weigh okay, many of these people do want to get better and they also care about their, their craft as writers. And so helping them identify like the depth of the story to which they, they're willing to go and to which like it can serve again, our audience better. And it's kind of that balance of serving the writer well in how comfortable are they to be more honest about something. But then also, as Katie said, like people can smell something that's not like genuine very easily. And so, wanting to offer the best for somebody else who's struggling with something and not give them the pat answer yet mentoring the writer through that process and seeing how, how open they are to deeper changes. I really enjoy the process. I think it's very rewarding and often writers come back really appreciating having time spent on it. And I think they often are very aware that multiple rounds of, of edits on something actually means belief in it and they care about that and I think they get really encouraged by that and they seem to be very much yeah enjoying that process which is very cool. I think Alana has more of that role with the magazine. I know she does. For me it's more recruiting writers, getting people interested in writing for the magazine or even just encouraging. Sometimes people just need that little push to actually start on their piece. 
love is moving really is about relationships. It's been really awesome to see that come to actually see that happen when I sit down and talk with somebody about their work and then actually see them write it after encouraging them and then seeing how proud they are of it afterwards too. They're just, oh my gosh, everybody, you know, sharing on Facebook and stuff like we writers do. <laughs> There's some great examples of, uh, you've had writers who've been sort of one-off writers who I think probably feel a real sense of satisfaction of getting that thing out. But there's also writers that have written for you again and again and again. And you can kind of see some growth sometimes in their writing or maybe greater breadth in the things that they're willing to talk about as they write multiple articles for you. So that must be satisfying too. And and, and again, a way that you can encourage them to to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's all I think, Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, I think we often think about that when we're discussing the themes for each issue, because that's what, what we're thinking about is what is what are we going to be encouraging these writers to be contemplating on in their own lives? I really appreciate that process that we go through as a team. We call it the Jesus audit as we yeah. discuss like how to <laughs> what put this through a framework of, of questions to point people towards like biblical truths and how they can apply them to their lives. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know you had a name for it. I love it. That's that really Joel's neat. name. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Joel Gordon, who's been sort of coaching you through all this, of course. So I'd love to hear uh, your your hopes for the magazine, like even just in the next year. We we don't need a big master blueprint, but how do you hope Love is Moving continues to grow? I think what Bill mentioned about the the growth of depth in the writers, I'm looking forward to seeing continue to happen because as Katie said, it it is a community and it is a relationship. And so I think the more we have people returning and the more we're able to build into them, it's like kind of a launching point for them into the rest of their lives, both as Christians and if they desire to continue writing as writers. So I think that's something that we're definitely thinking about. And also we've kind of been beginning to brainstorm other ideas, like the workshop workshop that we did with you, Karen and Patricia Patty on Craft Cost Call. We are hoping to offer more um, support for writers and other creatives to help them grow and build their craft more. Yeah, that's ditto. <laughs> in so many ways, again, I would love to see the magazine have even wider influence in Canada and see more minority groups sending their stuff into the magazine and feeling really supported by us. Well, you know, dittoing shows synergy, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's Excellent. a good thing. <laughs> Bill and Bill and I probably wished we dittoed each other more often. Oh, I think we do a fair bit of that. We do, yeah, we do. We ditto more now than we used to, for sure, absolutely. And when we have team meetings, a lot of times we'll or we'll do a series of emails amongst you know three or four people or whatever, and then one of us will say something, and the other one will say, "I agree" or whatever, and that's yeah. all we have to say. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's our shortcuts to agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I was thinking about something about not just writing, but also other kinds of creativity in Love is Moving. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about sort of the future, you've had various kinds of artists spotlighted and featured in your various issues and stuff like that. And it's kind of neat that it's not just about the writing, right? Yeah, we just had a spoken word piece by Andrew Russell and he submitted it. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, we need to create a video for this because the words are powerful, but they're far more powerful when you hear the author speak them aloud. And so... That was a very exciting collaboration that did very well on social media. Yeah, it definitely did. As we start to wrap up, I would love to hear uh, from each of you, the writers that influence you, 
or even who you're reading now, what you're reading now that's encouraging you, because Bill and I are big readers. Bill, do you agree? Like most writers are big readers, or they should be if they're not. Yeah, they have, they have to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you get better as a writer? Well, you need to learn from other people, right? And you need to stretch yourself. So not just read stuff that you like the same old, same old. You have to read stuff that you don't like in order to say, well, what's that person doing? And why are they doing that, right? That's how you become a better writer. Yeah, one of my uh, journalism profs actually said that. Just, I think it was a conversation with me personally. She said that she tries to read books that she doesn't like. And that really stuck with me. And I have uh, continued to kind of do that. And especially lately, I've just been seeking writers from all kinds of backgrounds and, and ideas. And basically trying to read everything. Yeah, I've been reading a broad range of uh, writers. I've been reading Walking on Water by Madeline Langle right now. Oh, classic. So good. Yes, so good. yes. And that was very needed right now and just encouraging me as a Christian creative. I haven't been as adventurous as all of them. I haven't, I haven't been reading a wide spectrum. I actually find that can be difficult for me when I'm working on a novel. So I do that when I'm not working on my book. Otherwise, I get really distracted and I try all these different styles and it kind of messes me up because it's just confusing. My brain's confusing enough. But I love Ted Decker. So Ted Decker, oh my gosh. He's inspired my writing in a way that I can't even explain. Um, And then the cliche, C.S. Lewis, (laughs) of course. Right. He'll he'll never be a cliche. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every writer says, yeah, but he's incredible. He just dives into such amazing truths and makes it so applicable. Oh, I love C.S. Lewis. He, he's also a good example of diversity, right? If you think about different kinds of writing, like C.S. Lewis was a scholar. You, he's written stuff about, you know, medieval, whatever, literature, whatever, and fiction, fantasy, apologetics yeah. you know a lot of times when christians talk about him all they care about is the apologetics but there's a lot of other stuff there mm-hmm. oh narnia is really powerful oh so, so good how about yeah. you bill let's you and i share sure i teach part-time and so i have to keep reading stuff about journalism all the time because that's what i teach about but when i'm sort of you know not on the clock sort of thing I grew up enjoying reading fiction, and that's still my greatest satisfaction in reading most of the time. I love reading science fiction, especially. Uh, I'm on a big kick with uh, James S.A. Corey and the series The Expanse, which is um, a video series on Amazon Prime. And But there's also like about 12 novels in the series. It's a suspense kind of epic sort of story, really enjoyable. And I read a lot of literary fiction as well. I like reading poetry. Mary Oliver is a poet that I come back to. I try to keep up a little bit with Canadian literature. Uh, I like reading Mennonite writers or ex, a lot of them are ex-Mennonite writers in Canada that have a lot of interesting things to say about faith and sort of everyday life. Where I stretch myself, I guess, is where I try to keep up uh, reading some things in in the French language once in a while as sort of a practice. So I'll pick up something like Harry Potter novels in French from the library or whatever, something that I've already read in English. And then I try and read it in French just to tell myself that I can keep doing the French. And But it helps you when you think about things in a different language, it's still, it expands your brain. And I think that makes you a better writer. So whatever the equivalent that is for anybody else. I'm not saying everyone should read that, but read something that's unusual or in another language or in another genre. And that's the thing that's going to keep your brain growing. 
Wow. That is impressive. You see why he's so good to work with? Oh, well, Ryan. I'm sure your shelf is not very small either, Karen. What are no, you going to tell my, us about? My shelves are full. Um, I have been reading a book called The Art of Slow Writing, which is wonderful. So I love to read about writing. Like even now when I've been a writer for so long, it really it nourishes me. It encourages me, makes me feel not alone as a writer. So I finally ordered The War of Art, which I've heard about for years, but I haven't read. So I think it's about breaking through creative you know, obstacles. So I'm looking forward to that. But I've also discovered the writer that everyone has talked about for years, and that is Louise Penny, who writes a great series of mystery novels set in Quebec. And I am gobbling them up. Um, <laughs> That's happening at our <laughs> house too. That is so funny. Is that Faith right? Today, yeah. Faith Today reviewed one or two of them and I, it sort of got them more and more on my radar. And then I've told some people about them and now we've, we're, we're building a collection here. Yeah. They're so, so good. So, and wonderfully Canadian, which is really fun. So, and Love is Moving is Wonderfully Canadian, which is uh, such a th- wonderful thing to celebrate. We're, we're so grateful for your great work. And we really encourage anyone who hasn't seen it to check it out, along with Faith Today. And both magazines are free now in Canada to Canadian subscribers, which is really cool. So as we end, can you both share where we can, where people can find you online and where they can find Love is Moving online? Loveismoving.ca is where you'd go. Um, We have a Facebook page as well, Love is Moving Magazine. And we also have an Instagram, which hasn't been super active, which is my fault. (laughs) (laughs) But now you've said that, so you'll you'll change it. We'll see. (laughs) You'll have all kinds of new followers after this podcast. And your novel, Katie, Katie, tell us where we can find it. Yeah, um, klpizzuto.ca is where it is. It's actually free until August 25th. Otherwise, it's $1.30. Decided to keep it cheap for a little while. Wow, that is a bargain. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's on Amazon too. <laughs> Sorry. <Good. laughs> and Alana, where can we find you online? Oh, um, I, I, my website is alanareimer.com. Uh, R-E-I-N-E-R. Thank you for listening. Check out more podcasts and subscribe to Faith Today magazine for free at faithtoday.ca. This podcast is produced by the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. If you enjoyed it, please rate or share it.